Today we've got a special treat. Uh, we have got a special guest sharing a word, and you are going to be so encouraged. You're going to be so challenged. I know from in that, but I want you to join me in welcoming Joel Witten, who's going to be sharing the word with us today. So. Well, good morning, and happy Thanksgiving to everybody, every Thanksgiving. It is an honor, actually, for me to be able to share this morning. It's been a, a while, I was saying in the first service, that I've, since I've shared in this context, and it's just, I really do consider it an honor to, to be able to bring the word this morning. And man, we've been having some amazing words over the last season. Uh, for anybody who's aware, um, who was there when Emma Stark and Sam Robertson were here, prophets, international prophets, in August? And they brought some powerful, powerful words. If you haven't had an opportunity to hear that, especially if you're part of the church family, I encourage you to go back August 6th on podcast or on YouTube Live, and you can, you can check that out. And, you know, that really shifted our trajectory coming into the fall. Um, Pastor Brennan had shared how they were really considering a lot of that was spoken. Really, they spent the whole message time just prophesying over what God had in store for us. And it was powerful. It was weighty. And it shifted our trajectory. And that's part of the reason why we're doing those Wednesday mornings, those Friday nights, purposing to wait on God. And, uh, you know, so Pastor Brennan shared about that. Uh, Pastor Samuel gave a great word uh, the next week just about not finding comfort in the, in the entrapments of this world, but going to the God of all comfort for our comfort. And that was an amazing word. Really, again, everything culminating, connecting for what God has for us in this season. And then the last two weeks, Pastor Brendan's talked about this upper room season God has us in relating to the, uh, the early church. When Jesus was about to ascend, he spoke to them and he said, you know, in Luke, well, we'll go right there right now, Luke 24, 44 to 48. Then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that the things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, thus is, it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you and your witness, uh, uh, pardon me, and you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And so the focus has really been that uh, they were receiving the promise of the father, which was the Holy Spirit at that time, that they were going to be endued with power from on high, and their part was to tarry in Jerusalem. And the relational level for us is that we were receiving these weighty words from God, these promises from God, and we are going to be endued with power from on high to fulfill these things, to see these come to pass, which are beyond our scope. They're beyond our own ability. But we needed to tarry and seek God for his power to be released for the fulfillment of these things. And that's where we've really been focusing. So that's where, and the, the, so the whole focus, we shut down connection groups for the, for the fall season to really heed that word, the direction as to how we can position ourselves or posture ourselves to be able to receive what God has for us. And that's where I, I encourage you, if you consider yourself part of Toronto City Church, or even if not, you just feel like you resonate with what's being said, show up on the Wednesday mornings. 
Show up on the Friday nights. Get involved. Engage. You know, engage. Faith without works is dead. So that's really purpose to engage with that. And, you know, as I was seeking the Lord as to where, where to go, Pastor Brendan let me know on Tuesday, hey, would you, would you like to speak this, this uh, coming Sunday? And sure, he was saying, did, did you have something in your heart? And I was, uh, you know, you could go any direction kind of thing. But as I was seeking the Lord, I really felt to stay in the same vein and to just see what the Lord had to, to say to me regarding what we could continue to build, um, our, our understanding, our perspective. And there was a, a clip from a, a, a man named Lou Angle that I had seen a couple weeks ago regarding prophecy and when you get a pro- prophetic word from God. And Lou Angle, if anybody doesn't know him, he, he's a national, international intercessor, a great man of God out of the States who's been leading over the last 20 years these movements, especially among young people, of prayer and fasting for the end of abortion and for revival in America and in the nations of the world. And we're talking about like filling stadiums, like 50,000 people, young people, solemn assemblies where they're fasting for extended periods of time or fasting all day on that day and worshiping and praying over the nation and giving of their hearts to see God move. So it's definitely a man who's been an inspiration to me, an inspiration to, to really millions at this point. And in many ways, kind of a John the Baptist type of call, modern day John the Baptist type of call in his life to prepare the way. And uh, so there's a clip that I saw and I felt to share just to kick off for us today. So if we could run that clip. I'm going back over my prophecies. And if we can turn it up a bit. How much we trivialize the prophetic words that God has given to us. We don't treat them seriously enough. If God speaks to you in a dream, or if the word of God erupts in your spirit, or a prophecy comes from a prophetic person, or you hear an audible voice of God, you need to tremble at his word and not play games. To this one, God says, I'll come. He who is humble and contrite and who trembles at my word. When you get a prophetic word, you need to look at that square in the face and say, what is that saying to me? And what is it demanding of my life if I'm to fulfill it? Mm. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, don't play games. The scripture that he uh, stated out of, was out of Isaiah 66, 1 and 2, and it said this. It's, uh, this is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where, uh, where then is the house that you could build for me? And where will my resting place be? For all these things my hand has made. So all these things came to being by and for me, declares the Lord. But to this one, I will look graciously. Or as he said, another translation may say, come to them. To him who is humble and contrite in spirit and who reverently trembles at my word and honors my commands. And that's really what we're purposing to do as a church in this season is to tremble at his word, to not just take it as, not trivialize it, but to really focus in and say, hey, if we really believe that God spoke this to us, then it's, it, it's on us to really focus in on that and to uh, lock in on what he said to honor his commands. We honor them by paying attention to them, by studying them, by going over them. So really there was a recap of those words that Pastor Brendan gave in uh, the September 2nd message. And I felt it, it, it's wor- worth us going back over some of that recap again. 
And a, a scripture reference for us is 1 Timothy 1.18 uh, says, this command I entrust you. This was Paul writing to Timothy in the first, first letter to Timothy. He said, this command I entrust you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, so that, inspired and aided by them, you may fight the good fight of faith. Ever say, fight the good fight. That's a fight of faith. And that's something that God gives us prophetic words to help aid and inspire us in that fight. To be able to see clearly where he's taking us, lay hold of it, and then bring a corresponding action. Because again, faith without works is dead. But also says in Romans 10, 17, that uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's interesting, there's two, there's two different Greek words for, for knowing. You know, I know that already. I know that. We've heard the recap already. We heard the message. But there's two words. One is gnosko, which is to become acquainted with. Okay, I, uh, and that's really our whole education system in North America is really based on a Greek system. And it would be connected to that. I have an intellectual comprehension of it, gnosko. But the, the place that God wants to get us, and a lot of times that... Uh, the scriptures talk about in terms of knowing God is oida, O-I-D-A. And it's more of an internal inspiration, an internal revelation. It would be like gnosko would be more connected to information. Oida would be more connected to revelation. And that, that doesn't come by having heard stuff once often. Often after we have gnosko, we like to move on to something else. But God's calling us to oida. He's calling us to hear it again. And it may not be intellectually as tantalizing the second or the third time. And we're used to that treat of being stimulated by something that I didn't know before. As opposed to let me take that. Did I, do I really got that? Do I really get it? Have I got a hold of that? And one of the ways that the signpost that God has for us to know if we really got it or not is can you see it manifested in your life yet? And if you can't, then it's worth going over it again. Because it might be in the gnosko and not in the oida. And we want that knowing of what God's called us to do and that, that connection to the words that he's spoken to us. We want it in the place of growth, which is in our heart. You know, we receive things in our mind, but they grow in our heart. And the way we get them there is repetition. So I wanted to quickly... Um, recount. And, you know, it's, it's a little wordy. I'm going to read for a little bit, but I want you to really lock your brain, purpose to focus in, and don't, don't let your mind wander. That's part of the discipline of, of faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And because we're looking to grow something. You know, that in-between stage in farming, you know, the planting day, you see it get planted. The next day, the third day, the fourth day, the next month, you may not see anything, but you continue in the process because you know it's important for the growth. And the whole point of planting something is for it to grow and produce fruit. Amen? Okay, so a couple of the, the focuses of this word. And one other scripture, Hebrews 4, it talks about um, the Israelites didn't come into the promise of God's rest because they didn't mix faith. 
the Amplified Classic says they didn't mix faith with what they heard, with the promises. So I pur- purpose to grab hold of these things and say, God's going to do that. God said he's going to do that. Like not just an information, but something that is uh, an inheritance to be obtained. Okay. And Father, we come in Jesus' name. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you would teach us to be humble and contrite of heart. Lord, you said in your word to humble yourself. So Lord, teach us how to do that well. In a society that is so self-focused and... Father, all the advertising, everything tries to get us to focus on ourselves so often. But Lord, you said to, uh, you come. And Father, you, your heart is for those who have humble and contrite heart, who tremble at your word. Lord, help us to mix faith, even as we recount right now, Father, to teach us to be people of faith. In Jesus' name. Okay, so some of the stuff they spoke over us as a church family, that there would be a movement of fire and holiness that comes out of this place. From this house will come a prophetic movement that we will have a local, national, international call. Oh, also, if we could have the QR code put on the screen. Um, I really appreciate my, my, my dad took this word really seriously, and he decided to take time uh, and energy to transcribe it. Um, so you can listen to it on YouTube Live. You can go back to the podcast and you can listen to this word if you haven't heard it or listen to it again if you have already. But this QR code is an actual transcription of the entire word from Second Service as well. So wanted to make that available to you. That we, uh, we are moving from a pool of Bethsaida to an Ezekiel River. I remember Sam saying, there is a brutal ending of a season that we are going through as a church. Like when Jesus found out John the Baptist had died where um, he, he move, he's moving us out of preparation, and now it's about proximity to the river. And the Lord says you have a moment to gather yourself and choose. You, you have a moment to retreat and choose what sort of person you want to be, because right after that, Jesus goes into the feeding of the 5,000, and it's about the river to the people. The multiplication of his power, the feeding of the 5,000, the demonstration of majesty on mass for the masses. And the Lord says it is time to choose. There was a massive part about reaching artists and the creatives and how God's going to bring them out of darkness and bring them into holiness. And that was, it was a really exciting, talked about um, like a, that God wasn't going to disciple people in the next season through conferences, but through festivals, and specifically a, a music festival the Lord is going to have that started here small, but then it grew into having international, uh, uh, p- drawing people internationally to the city, and that many people are going to come to the Lord and be discipled through festivals. Uh, there was... Uh, the, Lord, the Lord says that you have a moment to go. Okay, that, that part's done. There was a, uh, the Lord talked about more buildings and expanding our building plans. Your pivoting days, will, uh, you will become a crucial importance to the growth of the kingdom of God. In Canada, you are extremely important, says the Lord, to carrying the weight, weighty glory that through you, are, uh, are, or, or though you are a local house, you will burst things that will have mighty, a mighty ripple effect. Agree to ride the adventure of God in this era. Jeremiah 12.5, if you have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out, how can you compete with the horses? If you stumble when it's safe, how will you manage in the thicket by the Jordan? 
You only end up in the thicket by the Jordan in scriptural days in the great harvest. So that, that's what the thicket in the Jordan is in reference to the harvest time. Uh, I remember Emma was talking about. And uh, you are entering the days of great harvest, but it is not without its dangers. We must recognize that life will require this year some great alterations because of the magnitude of the task at hand. And the Lord says, I'm going to delight in you, but it will require ridiculous courage. You will step up and you will step over your current boundaries and into surprising and new places. The Lord says that this, as a final challenge, will you stay brave and open in the face of big change, in the face of uh, fresh revelation when it's unexpected? Will you... Will you, says the Lord, move in my rhythms in this season? Will you come to the burning bush and see that it requires extraordinary moves from you? Will you embrace the immensity of what I'm offering? Will you understand, says the Lord, that you are hitting moments that are outside of your normal patterns of daily life? You are in your pivot time. The Lord says, my gift, if you open your hands, is a gift of, a, of attuned attentiveness and a deep resolve to fulfill the call of God on your life in this hour. I really feel as you commit to this next journey, there is such a promise that you will be a house that hosts such extravagant, outlandish, miraculous working power. Not just healings, but miracles, relationally, relational restoration that would blow your mind of an impossible turnaround. And mother, daughter, father, son, marriage relationships, siblings relationships, even just friendships. The, the debt repayment and the miracles of debt canceling by the hand of God that God wants to do here of just the, the prison of debt being obliterated and a promise that will be a house of people who will be debt free and people will be liberated from the hands of debt. And the miracles of, I really feel like there was a disproportionate amount of people that would come, Sam was saying, here who would be living with long-term conditions because of compromised pregnancies that were with them when their mother was pregnant with them. Uh, there were things that happened that caused them to have some long-term conditions. God is saying, watch as I work creative miracles that even heal you and form even in your brain parts that haven't been there ever. I will heal and I will cause miracles. There are creative miracles with lungs and lung issues, respiratory issues, and issues with breathing and oxygen and hearts. And I really feel, even as we're saying this, like grab hold of that. If you know someone or you are that person, grab hold of that. Mix your faith with it, even as we're saying it again. Issues with breathing and oxygen and hearts. And the Lord says, watch as I work miracles in you. I trust you with my weight. I trust you with my glory. And he says, here is my beloved Canada, who I dream of, says the Lord. He says, my eyes went to and fro in the earth like I did in the days of old, looking for those who would stand in the gap. And my eyes are on you. And he says, I trust you. Now he says, trust my spirit in you. Pastor Brandon also referenced there had been some other prophetic words that, of, of uh, great uh, weight that had been spoken over us in the past uh, about fires across Toronto that would spread to the nations. Uh, multitudes, miracles, and millions being released for the purpose of the kingdom. And a, uh, uh, Prophet Cindy Jacobs, Mama Cindy Jacobs, uh, stu stewarding a historic revival. And this is exciting stuff. This is weighty stuff. And it's worth getting excited about. You know, it's, it's something that um, 
I remember when we were hearing, I mean, who, who remembers that, that day and the, the, the weight, the gravity of that message? And, and it's exciting. It's exciting to hear things from God. It's exciting when God speaks to you about his purpose for your life. You know, and we should be excited about it. We should focus on it. We should wait on the Lord regarding it. But with that, I also felt the Lord just wanted to bring a, uh, uh, an adjustment to our focus in this waiting time, as we consider these things, as to what's it all for? Why? Why has the Lord given us these words? We, part of it has to do with the positioning. You know, the Bible says, many are called, few are chosen. The Passion Translation says, many are invited to the party, but few respond in excellence. So the choosing is really how you posture yourself when you're called. And uh, there was a good reference made that our leaders have done a great job of that. We as a church have done a good job of responding, not perfect, but responding with our yes and how God loves our yes. So there's that there, but beyond that, what's God's heart? Why does he give words? Why would God, I mean, you look at all these things, there's a lot to be excited about. You know, historic fires across Toronto that would spread to the nations from this place. Multitudes, miracles, and millions. A Stuart, a historic revival. You know, uh, music festivals and stuff in the arts. Like these are things that speak to our hearts about something that God's placed in our heart. You go, oh, I can connect with that. God, I see a lane. I see what you're calling. I see something you're calling me to be part of. But the adjustment to go a little deeper in our motivation is what's it all for? And I actually want to take us back to Luke uh, the Luke uh, reference in Luke 24, 44 to 48, because it's actually stated in there. And we can, we can miss it if we're not watching. Uh, so let's read that again. Then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all the things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and rise from the dead to the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in all nations, or in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are a witness of these, these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And I love it because he actually starts that passage talking about prophecy, what we've just received. So there's that correlation. And it's, it's, you can only imagine the disciples' excitement and this sense of anticipation when you look, and conservatively, if you look in the Old Testament, uh, the prophecies concerning the Messiah to come, there's like th over 300 prophecies that Jesus' life and ministry has fulfilled at this point. And that just makes it real for us. One of the things that prophecy does is it makes it real for us. When we see a prophecy given and a prophecy fulfilled, or you see a word of knowledge that someone could not know about someone's life, intimate details, it brings it front and center that our God is real. Right? But he's talking about these prophecies, and then he talks about, and it was, and he opened the scriptures to them, and it was necessary that the Son of Man would die would suffer and would die and would be raised from the dead. And then that, um, and, and, and actually, and then at the end it talks about the power 
and that is going to be released through the promise of the Spirit, and, you know, that we must tarry until we're endued with power. But the part, the why, is just above that part that we've been focusing on. And I really felt God wanted to bring our focus, our, our motivation, our intention to that today, and that is in verse 47. So I'll, I'll start, this. thus is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead of the third day, that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in all nations to all people beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. So it's the purpose for the prophecies, the purpose for Jesus coming, the purpose for the power and, um, and the Holy Spirit being given was to be witnesses and bring repentance, a message of repentance to all nations. The whole point of the thing was for people. The whole point of, of, of Jesus even coming and suffering, going through that brutal death, was so that there would be blood shed for the remission of many people's sins. We know it well, but we miss the gravity sometimes that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son because of love for the world. That whosoever... So all these prophecies, all these prophets that live their lives, the whole point of them giving those prophecies to bring forth the Messiah and it be confirmed was that one day every person would have an opportunity at salvation. Every person would have an opportunity to know God. Now let's connect it to our situation. You know, God's given us all these words and they're worth being excited about. You know, prophecy identifies, it, it confirms in our hearts our identity in Christ. It confirms the purpose and call he has for it. But if at the end of the day, in our imaginations of what God's called us to, if in our imaginations, it's just to get to that place or to that profession or to do that thing, but it doesn't end in the salvation of people, then we're missing the whole point. And it changes the intensity, it, it, the stakes rise exponentially when we connect it to this matters because people's lives are at stake. The reason God wants to bring this through us is because he's found a people he can trust. Trust with what? Trust with being able to have his power come and us not become self-focused and selfish with it so that it will be used for the service of people because there's thousands and even millions of people even in this GTA that don't know him who are lost, dying, and on their way to hell and they need to see that there is a real God and they need to see it somewhere. That's what we're contending for. And the words, you know, it, it should identify in our heart first. It, there is a purpose. There is an identity. And God's healing us and he's showing us that he's a loving father. But the extension of that is once we get to that place, it's, Lord, help me to find and use whatever it is you put in my hands. If it's, a, if it's a music festival, if it's a prophetic movement, it's all for one purpose at the end of the day. And it's to reach a lost and dying world. And when that becomes our motivation, it gives you a little bit more, you know, if it's exciting but it didn't really resonate, you know, it, we may not get up in the morning. We may not make it out on a Friday night. But when we start to understand that there's lives in the balance and it's bigger than us, and the whole reason why we've been positioned or we've been called is because we've shown that we're not living life for ourselves. 
And it's not even a rebuke. It's just, an, it's just sort of like a course correction or a refocusing because in the middle of it all, it's exciting and we can get going. We can be focused on the upper room, but forget why we're in the upper room. And in that process, we can sometimes lose our momentum because we're learning, okay, what's it mean to be in the upper room, so on and so forth, but we forget our why. We forget God's why. Another scripture um, related to this time of waiting uh, that, that was in Acts 1 said this. It said, but you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. This is Jesus just before he ascended again. In Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends, the very bounds of the earth. Power for what? Power to reach people. That's why we have the power. That's why he's, Holy Spirit's coming. That's when Holy Spirit comes as our helper. Helper for what? Helper to fulfill the mission, which is the salvation of every person we know. The obliteration of every stronghold the enemy has on people's lives. And, you know, the, the gift of tongues. It's the edifying of our spirits. It's, you know, it's uh, speaking forth the perfect will of God. It's all these different things that the Bible says. But have we really understood the full power of what's given to us for the purpose of reaching people? And sometimes we need examples that, of people who sort of push the envelopes or Holy Spirit leads them down a trail and they reveal to us something that's available in uh, almost a, a practical output of the power as opposed to it being this kind of ambiguous thing of, oh, we have power. Well, what does that look like in the lives of people? And there is a, a lady that I had uh, heard about before but came across an interview with her in the last couple of weeks named Jackie Pullinger. And she is a British lady who, at 22 years old in 1966, got on a, uh, felt a call to missions. The Lord had recently saved her and she felt a call to missions. And she ended up getting on a boat, the cheapest boat that she could find that would go to the most places. And she went out and she didn't know where she was going, but she felt directed to go and uh, pray about where to get off. And at 22 years old, she ended up in Hong Kong. And she uh, very quickly got a, a job teaching in the walled city. And the walled city was a, a really depraved place that was run by the triads, which was like the, the, the Asian mafia and it was, uh, you know, all kinds of alcohol and drugs, addiction, gambling, prostitution. And she ended up as a teacher and shortly after ended up opening a mission there. And there's a part of the interview, a, a testimony that she's well known for that I wanted to sh share with us shortly um, about the outplay, the practical outplay of the power of God, even through this gift of tongues that can have an impact on people's lives. So please watch this video. So when, I've, when drug addicts started to knock on my door and say, oh, w Winston um, got off drugs because he believed in Jesus and he lived in your home, so I'll believe in Jesus and I'll live in your home because they thought it went together, which I rather think it does. Um, and so I, I would say, okay, close your eyes and let's meet Jesus, and they would meet Jesus and then I'd say, he'll give you a prayer language. Now begin to speak. And they would all begin to speak in tongues. It's very, very easy. 
um, when somebody is meeting Jesus to receive this oh. gift. It's it's tougher if they've learned that some people do and some people don't, or might it might happen five years later. You know, when you hear those stories, it's not helpful. So they all prayed in tongues, and then we learned how to do it. Um, when they were coming off drugs, we would sit with them, um, and I would pray in tongues, and they would pray in tongues. It's such a super gift. Um, I mean, I'm embarrassed because it's it's really a private gift. It's for personal use, mostly, um, a, a, apart from um, public use every now and again. But uh, it's such a good, good gift. It's like babies cry when they're born, and they know exactly what they want to say. They, they, they want to say, I'm hungry, or I'm wet, or pick me up. Um, and it's just they haven't learned the language. So tongues for a new believer who's very muddled in his head because he's a drug addict is such a super way of getting out what you don't know how to say, but you want to say. So I think that's why that when we pray with people and they pray in tongues, after a few minutes, they'll probably go to sleep and they don't have any withdrawal pains. Um, we just learned to do this and it's we've done it with thousands and we're still doing it. Um, we, uh, that's um, how we've had lots and lots of houses, uh, 287 in all, um, which we borrowed or rented, even brothels, uh, when we need to take one more in and we have no more space. Uh, a, a, a brothel is a hotel you can rent for the night. Um, so in all, we've, we've because um, people have joined me, um, prayed with thousands of people in over 200 houses. And they will all, um, if they pray in tongues, be able to get off drugs without medication and without pain. Um, and isn't that wonderful? I mean, yeah, fantastic. Changes our expectation on what power is made available from tongues and speaking in tongues, doesn't it? You know, and the one thing that I'm, I remember God saying to me a long time ago, when, um, for those who don't know, Toronto City Church used to be two churches, Toronto City Church and Church Without Limits. And then 2013, we essentially married the two churches together, became one, and Pastor Ben and Pastor Sharon took leadership of both. Um, but the, we are Toronto City Church, a church without limits. And the thing that jumped in my spirit so many years ago, actually when I was still working with Brendan full-time, some people don't know, I used to pastor with him full-time at a point, and was, that wasn't just a cool name, but that was a prophetic declaration of who God called us to be. And, and, and specifically a prophetic declaration of the expression of the, uh, or we are called to be a, uh, forerunners of the expression of the limitless nature of who God's called us to be and what he's called us to do with the gifts he's given us to reach the world. Forerunners, push the envelope. That's pushing the envelope. But it was birthed out of the heart to help people. 
She was loving these people, and then God led her, and all of a sudden she started to lead them to receive the gift of tongues and pray, and then all of a sudden one was off drugs, and she didn't have to go tell one. They went and told somebody else, and all of a sudden she was known all through the walled city as if you go to Jackie, you receive Jesus, and you speak this weird language, whatever, and you won't have any withdrawal symptoms, and you will be free from drugs. Thousands and thousands, of, and every person, it's, it's like 100 percentile pretty much success rate. Now, some people go back or whatever, this or that, but they're free and they have no withdrawal symptoms. That's the power that we're looking to be made available for the, city, the streets of Toronto and for our nation. Pushing those envelopes of what's possible. But it's not so we can, you know, have a, a notch on our belt and say, hey, a person got healed. It, it's, no, it's for the person's life that's been devastated and ravaged by this stuff. And God wants to set them free. But he's looking for someone who will believe him, who will wait for him to be able to see this power released. An, another scripture that was given around the time when Jesus was calling to wait for the spirit and for the power was Matthew 28, 18 to 20, and it says this, and Jesus came to them and said, well, I know it, so it's all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, we talk about people, millions, thousands, this or that, lives change, and it can, it can seem abstract to a certain extent. I've never really felt a connection to a crowd, but it really brings it home for me when I can get a connection to a person. So I wanted, uh, I actually had asked Jason and Michael to come up, if you guys could come up quickly. And it was really cool because I didn't, I didn't know beyond Tuesday that I was gonna be speaking. I didn't know what I was gonna be speaking as, as I was seeking the Lord. But as God started to put the pieces together for me, it was like from a, from a month ago, Jason decided that he wanted to get baptized today. And then I find out Tuesday I'm speaking today. So it's, it's just cool. God's the best storyteller ever in terms of bringing a message that he wants to get across together. And what a special day. What a special day to be able to be part of that message and for me to be part of your story in this. So this is what we want to do. Michael, um, it, starts, it started with Michael. Uh, share in short just your journey to becoming uh, a disciple of Jesus. I had a little trouble keeping this short at first service, so I'm going to try to keep it concise as I can. But when, uh, when my brother and I were really young, uh, God was kind of like ever so slightly in the background of our lives, I would say, not, not too prominent though. I remember like having a little children's picture Bible and sometimes saying grace before dinner, but there definitely wasn't like an emphasis on relationship with God. And then around the time that I think I was like somewhere between when I was 10 and 13, my dad had his own spiritual awakening and his testimony is pretty amazing. He's here right now too. So that's a testimony uh, in and of itself. So at that time, we started attending church, and I started going to youth group. Not, obviously not church here. It was a different one. Um, and I, I think I, had, I started to understand a little bit more about God and, and start to build that relationship. But uh, high school came around, and I think um, my, I, I basically just fell away from, from God. And my faith was always there, but pretty uh, small at times. So... I was pretty caught up in the world. I was definitely drinking too much. I was 
really caught up in my own thoughts in my own head and whatnot. And um, sometime about four or five years ago, my friends and I were just standing outside of the subway station, Greenwood Station, and we were probably drunk. I don't really remember exactly what was going on, where we were coming back from, but Joel happened to approach us, and none of us knew Joel at the time, but Joel came over to us and said, uh, I remember one of the very first things he said was that he felt called by God to come speak to us. And a few of my friends were pretty like dismissive, and a couple of them were actually kind of rude to him. And I, uh, I didn't feel that way, so Joel and I got talking. And at the end of it all, he just left me with a business card, and he wrote his uh, phone number on it. I held on to that for a long time, like four or five years, um, and reached out to Joel last year after um, a uh, men's... Bible retreat, my dad, my brother, and I went on. I think my brother and I were not really, you know, following God at that time, but we were surrounded by a bunch of men with really strong faith. And it gave me something to look to. And I looked at them and I said, This is what I want to be like. These guys really know God. They have like real conviction in their beliefs. And um, one of them, just before we left, was asking me whether I attended church. And I, I had to be honest with him and say no. And he said, Find a find a church to attend. So crazy another way that just God confirmed that this was him calling like he sent Joel I uh I was fortunate enough like God blessed me enough to to be able to buy a house and when I texted Joel and reached out to him and realized where I was going to meet him come to realize my house is like three minutes away from here so it's just uh incredible the way that everything came full circle and just God brought me back And from, from that point, you know, my, Michael started coming to, started growing, started attending a connection group uh, with, I got the League of Lions guys up here on the front, front uh, and Michael was part of that from last year, um, and pretty quickly we started praying for, for this guy, you know, who wasn't quite as receptive at that point. Uh, Michael, how would you describe where Jason was at in his life a year ago? Yeah, my brother's been through a whole bunch of different phases in life. So it's, again, it's a long story. But a year ago, I would say he was, he was, about a year ago, he was drinking really heavily. He became like full-fledged alcoholic um, and smoking like an insane amount of weed. And he was so adamant that he was never going to stop smoking. Like it was a part of who he was. It had become a part of his identity. It was, it was his medicine. And that was not going to change for his whole life. So when I came to Joel and when I came to the group with the idea of like starting to pray for my brother and praying that my brother would be, be healed, become, you know, sober and, and come to God, I really did not think it could happen. I was pretty uh, pessimistic, as you said earlier. And I remember it because Michael would share and he'd sort of go into the details of how, how, how lost his brother was. And it would sort of, he'd kind of, you could see he was kind of, it was right in his face and he couldn't, he really couldn't see past it. But that's, a, that's not a problem because God brings other people who don't have that history. And sometimes when people are really close to us, it's tough to see them for the way God sees them. But God will bring other people to agree with us who don't have that history. So they can just see them for who God's calling them to be. And, and that's what we did for Jason. And Jason, there was a cu- couple times there where you came 
um, where J J Michael said, I'm going to invite Jason to come on the connection because our connection, we're pretty, we're pretty, uh, got, have some guys who come out of pretty dark backgrounds and are pretty open and transparent about their history and so on and so forth. And we just share, like we have an amazing time on our, on, our, on our connections group. So Michael got Jason on and Jason came on one time. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you were high when you came on that one time, weren't you? <laughs> Which doesn't phase us a bit, you know what I mean? Half our guys, you know, know exactly what it's like to be that way and have, have been there before. And guys just started to share their testimonies and started to share where, where they came out of and it gave them an experience. And there was one time when you came to church um, and uh, I, remember, I remember this clearly because uh, Michael said, hey, can you talk to my brother the way you talked to me that day when I came? Because he's got these arguments against faith and why God's not real and this and that, so on and so forth. And it was so cool how God set up because we were out in the foyer. I was busy running around and then I came and uh, Hope was standing there too at the time and Hope had her shades on. And I remember, at, so we hadn't even got into our conversation yet. They're just talking to some other people, talking to some of the young adults. And I, I said, you know, Hope, uh, people started to razz Hope like she's too cool because she has her shades on inside. And she's like, no, no, I have a migraine right now. And so we stopped right there with Jason there. We said, yo, well, let's just, pray for, let's just pray for you right now that God would heal you of your migraine. And God did it right there and then with Jason standing there. Hope literally went from having a migraine to saying, it's gone. It's gone. So I think that might have taken care of one or two of the questions that Jason had about God being real in that moment. But then we were able to sit down and have a conversation and just love on him. And... Um, Jason, maybe share from, maybe from that point um, what, uh, where you were at in that season when you started, started to connect with us and, and how you got to where you are. Cool. So, yeah, my brother summed it up pretty well. Uh, I used to be in a really dark spot. And, you know, I talked a little bit about that when I was getting dunked over there. But uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was dark. I was, living, uh, I was living in a terrible spot. I was drinking way too much alcohol every single day, smoking way too much weed every single day. Um, I knew it was time for me to change those things, so uh, I'm a little bit over one year sober, like my brother mentioned. Thank you. And when I say sober, I mean sober from alcohol, so it was, Four months now ago that I've uh, been sober from marijuana as well. And um, yeah, these are, these are things that, you know, really do further you from your relationship with God. And I just want to express that so, so highly that, uh, you know, if, if you are struggling with alcohol or struggling with marijuana... You, you, you really got to take that up with God and you got you to ask him to forgive you of these things and, and to rid you of these desires, these temptations because ever since I gave my life to the Lord about four months ago, I, uh, I've never, never struggled with, uh, with temptations or urges or... then yeah yeah um yeah i i just you know if you if you or friends or family are struggling you know i just say don't lose hope um 
have patience and have prayer. Because if, if you don't, if you stop praying, it, all hope is lost. And you know, like my brother and we, our, our connections group is called League of Lions. So all my lions sitting up here in the front row, like, yeah, there, there is power in prayer. There's power in prayer. Amen. Amen. And I remember it was Good Friday where Jason came to service and he started to find his way to service a few times and he came to service on that day. He wasn't um, really attending or part of the connection at that point in any kind of consistent way. He just sort of attended maybe once, once before, but came on Good Friday. And I remember I, I came in, he was sitting back there just beside the camera and I, I, there was one seat there with him, so I just sat with him during the service and there was a call for salvation and I saw him get, kind of get emotional, but he didn't put his hand up. And so we were talking afterwards and I said, hey, did you want to give your life to Jesus? And he said, yes, I do. And so right there and then we just prayed and uh, he gave his life to Jesus on Good Friday, which was just an amazing, amazing thing. And his life has just literally been since. Miracle testimony, miracle testimony. One step back, two steps up. Like consistent to the place where today you saw him get baptized and got to be a part of that stage of his story. So how about a round of applause? And you guys, you guys can take your seats. Thank you, guys. The waiting is for the promises, it's for the endowment of power, but it doesn't stop there. The power and the promises are for lost people. The power and the promises are for a Jason and a Michael. Who here has a Jason or a Michael in your life? And sometimes it's like, it's like Mike was saying, sometimes it's that person, you go, ah, oh, I've shared and they just want nothing to do with it and they, they got every argument in the book. And yet, God's saying, I know, wait for the empowerment of my spirit because he's the X factor. I know your region is dark, but come and seek me and as you lift me up together, I will draw all men in the region, all women, families, I will draw them to myself. I will be the X factor. There's, there's people around, you know, there's, who are dying and broken and, and hopeless right now. Five minutes from this, from this church, five, five miles from this church, it's like, how many hundreds of thousands of people who are in that very state right now and God's looking for a place to partner and that's why he's given us these promises. That's where the weight of these promises goes to a whole nother level because it's not just about having some prophecies. It's not just about having a call or a purpose for your own life. It's that call, that purpose. At the end of the day, it's for people. It's for Michaels. It's for Jasons. It's for family restoration. It's for people who have been given a hopeless 
um, a hopeless uh, declaration from the doctor that there's no hope. And God's saying there is hope, but I need a conduit. I need an access point to get that hope to them. Can I find someone to partner with? And that's what God's saying when he said, I found a place that I can entrust, uh, that I trust. And so God's called us into this waiting season. And he's given us these words. And it's important that we're encouraged in our identity and focused in our purpose for them. But let's not miss why we have them. I want everyone just to close your eyes. I'm going to read this last portion of scripture. Matthew 25, 31 to 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me for you, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. If I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick and in prison and did not help you? He will reply, reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away into eternal punishment for the righteous uh, and the righteous to eternal life. And Father, we just, we hear you this morning. And God, we thank you for your call. We thank you, Lord, that we didn't choose you first, but you chose us and appointed us to go and bear fruit that remains. Father, you thank you for trusting us. Thank you, Lord, for the leaders you've given us that have proven trustworthy. Thank you, Lord. It's an honor. It's an honor to be called by you. It's an honor to know you. Father, it's an honor to have great and precious promises and even prophetic words, the Father, of what you want to do. But Lord, help us to get your heart. Help us to know your why. Father, that we would not get lost in the process and lose the why. Father, let our heart break for the things that breaks your heart. Father, let our heart burn for the things that your heart burns for. Father, help us to see the Michaels and the Jasons in our lives. Father, the people in our lives that, Father, we can be so busy about your call that we miss the people that it's for. And if that's, if that's you, if you want to have a, a heart 
to have that heart adjustment today and to have God's heart more for people. And we should be about purpose and we, sh- we need to mix faith with these prophetic words. But if you want more of that why of God's heart for people, I just want you to stand for your, to your feet right now. And Holy Spirit, as we wait, as we wait for you, we're not just waiting for power. We're, we're asking for an impartation of your heart for people. Father, we're asking that you'd help us to see the world around us, to see your destiny for Toronto, Father, to see your destiny for Canada, to see the part that we have to play, Lord. Father, that you said go into all the world, and yet here in Toronto, you brought the world to us. Father, the most multicultural city in the world, arguably, Lord, and Father, we have the world at our doorstep. Help us to wake up and have a sense of destiny, Lord, that it's a setup. It's a setup. It's a setup. And Lord, all you need is to have our hearts aligned with your heart. So Lord, we're asking right now, just ask him, Lord, give me your heart for people. Give me your eyes to see the brokenness around me and to see the answer that comes through your spirit, that see the answer that comes through your power. Father, that we would dream your dreams. Father, that we would be a church without limits. Father, that expression, Father, that that forerunners of the expression of the limitless nature of who you are to the world around us. And just with eyes closed, maybe, maybe you are that Jason today. Maybe you are that Michael. That one who was on your journey and maybe you have a little bit of faith but you feel like you've fallen off or maybe you're that one who you know that you don't, you're far from God right now and that you need to make that step, that same step Jason made. You say, man, I feel God drawing me in my heart that today is the day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. We all come to a place where we realize this life is empty and it's meaningless without being connected to God. And that sin keeps us far from God. It steals, kills, and destroys our life. Anything good in our life, it is out to steal, kill, and destroy it. And it keeps us separated from God. But God in his love sent Jesus. And Jesus paid that price. He died on that cross. He rose again to be able to wash us clean from our sin and to be invited into God's presence and have God's spirit come live inside of us. And it is a new life. Just like Jason, today could be that day for you. And it's just that choice. It's just that choice. You don't have to work up the ability, just like we're waiting on God for his power to bring about his word in in this church. You don't need the power in yourself. You just need the willingness and God will provide the power to change. Just like those drug drug addicted people who came to Jackie Pollinger, God can set you free. It's just you have to open your heart and if that's you, if you want to, if you say, I need, I need to make that change today or I need to make that recommitment, I just want you to slip your hand up, eyes closed. I see those hands, I see those hands. Don't let this moment pass you by when the Holy Spirit's talking to you. The world can get loud, can get confusing. And the enemy's trying to speed us up so that we miss We miss the opportunities. And sometimes it's too late. 
fact, you just raise your hand. And let's just pray with everyone who raised their hand. Just say after me, just say, God, I come in Jesus' name. And I realize that my sin has separated me from you. And I need Jesus in my life. I believe that you sent him as your son, that he died in my place. And his sacrifice paid my price. I believe in you, Jesus. Come into my life. Save me from my sin. I declare you the Lord of my life. Help me to live for you from this day forward. And thank you, Father, that I'm never alone from this day forward. And that I'm now your child. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to have uh, a few of our leaders up here. If that is, if that was you, um, I encourage you, um, talk to one, come up and talk to one of the leaders. If you know another leader, you can talk to them outside. But don't try and walk this journey on your own. One of the biggest things is getting into community and staying plugged in with community. And, um, and I'll be available to talk to you as well. Uh, well, it's 1.34. Let's pray. And uh, just uh, on behalf of Pastor Brendan and Pastor Sharon, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. It's, uh, I, I know they had to run out to a wedding, um, but they, uh, they wanted me to offer that to you. And uh, thank you again for being with us today. Make sure, make sure to connect with some people. Don't just run out the door. People don't bite. Friendly, you know what I mean? So, and uh, let me just bless you as you go. Father, we just thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the people that you brought back close to you today. Thank you, Father, for the people, the thousands of people around our region that you are, uh, Father, that you see already and you're helping us to see them. Father, who, who are lost, who are confused, who are broken, Father, who are hopeless. And Father, you have hope. Father, you have, you have provision for their need. You have healing. You have restoration, Lord. And Lord, we choose in this season to make that our goal. Father, the Holy Spirit, empower us and do us with power so that we can be witnesses to those people. Father, so that we can see those people in the spheres of influence you've given us. Lord, that we would not get to the end and have not ministered to you because we are too busy with our own lives. Father, I bless each family as they go. Father, I just thank you for your peace, for your comfort for your, your perspective. And Father, that you are lighting in us a fire that cannot be quenched to fulfill your plans and your purposes. Bless each as they go in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.